Hello, Stagey Home listeners. We're taking you back to a sexier time when the hair was high, the jeans were tight, and the music rockin'. Yes, we're talking about the five-time Tony-nominated musical Rock of Ages, which happens to be one of our favorite musicals of all time. You know we love a good jukebox musical around here. <laughs> Especially when said jukebox musical is nothing but a good time from start to finish. <laughs> we are also joined on the podcast today by a very special guest. But first, here's a little backstory on Rock of Ages. The story takes place in 1987, where an aspiring rocker named Drew Bully works as a busboy in the Hollywood bar called The Bourbon Room. He falls instantly for Sherry, who has just arrived from Paola, Kansas, hoping to become an actress. After being hired by the bar, Drew and Sherry go out for a picnic overlooking Los Angeles, where he suggests that the two are just friends. Back at the Bourbon Room, the lead singer for his band, Arsenal, Stacy Jacks, will be performing that night, and he instantly hits it off with Sherry, and the two get very intimate in the bar's bathroom. Meanwhile, Drew proves his musical ability in the bar and is chosen to be the opening act for Stacy. A record producer in the club offers Drew a contract, to which he accepts. Meanwhile, German city developers Hertz and his son Franz convince the city's mayor to abandon the sex, drugs, and rock and roll lifestyle of the Sunset Strip to introduce clean living. It is revealed that the club will be torn down in the process, much to the anger of the mayor's city planner, Regina. Regina proceeds to protest against the destruction of the Strip, but yields no success. She convinces Franz to stand up to his father if he does not believe in this cause. Franz admits he's had dreams of his own, namely to open a confectioner's store back home in Germany. He finally rebels against his father and admits his love for Regina. Finally, Sherry and Drew rekindle their love for each other. The bourbon room is spared from demolition, and a washed-up Stacy Jacks has since moved to Uruguay. His position in Arsenal is replaced with Joey Primo. The story jumps a few years, and there is a big celebration of love and life on the Sunset Strip. Rock of Ages was written by Chris Dorenzo, directed by Kristen Hange, and choreographed by Kelly Devine, with music supervision, arrangements, and orchestrations by Ethan Pop. The original Broadway production ran for 2,328 performances, closing on January 18, 2015, tied as the 29th longest-running show in Broadway history. Since debuting on The Great Bright Way in 2009, it has spawned replica productions worldwide in Japan, Australia, and the United Kingdom, among others, as well as several touring productions. It most recently staged a 10th anniversary tour and a revival off-Broadway. The show recently celebrated its 12th anniversary, and in honor of doing so, Rock of Ages will play a one-night-only livestream event featuring an all-star supergroup of Rock of Ages alumni. Prepare to stream at the top of your lungs to some of the greatest 80s hits, and the show will be live from the real-life Bourbon Room Hollywood stage. We sat down with the insanely talented original Broadway Drew, Constantine Maroulis, to get all the fabulous information on what it was like creating the role of Drew, as well as some information on the one night only event coming up on April 24th. Thank you, girls. Thank you for having me. Hope you're both well and uh, nice to be here with you. You as well. It's so great to have you. We probably will have mentioned in this episode by now, we are huge Rock of Ages fans. I know for me anyway, I listened to that recording all the time. So it's very surreal for me to have you here in our Zoom room today. 
Thank but, you. Thank you. It, that means the world to me. And uh, so happy that you connected with the show for sure. It's such an amazing show. And it's been around for a while. Uh, you first opened the show about 12 years ago. And since then, it's played almost everywhere. Even now, we're having a reunion concert in 2021 virtually, which is so amazing. And we just wanted to start off by asking you about your start with the show. So can you tell us a little bit about the audition process and how you got involved with the show? Sure. Uh, yeah, Rock of Ages is my baby. And um, absolutely just proud to be a part of uh, of the great history of the show. And, you know, it's gone on to become this iconic title all, all over the world, as you mentioned, for sure. It's done in, you know, dozens of different languages and at every single level, um, from scholastic productions to professional and uh, beyond. Um, so very cool. Yeah, they first approached me uh, when I was on American Idol uh, for season four, originally on Fox, uh, myself, Carrie Underwood. Uh, I was a finalist on the show and they had approached me, um, I think in one of my first exit meetings and uh, told me all about the show. They had done some early workshop productions of it in Los Angeles, um, very, very different. And uh, they were just sort of showing up to a club and like putting on this mixtape thing. It didn't really have, you know, um, the narrative that we've come to know uh, so well, but, um, you know, we stayed in touch and to make a long story short, you know, when they were coming to New York definitively, you know, I met with them again for um, their off-Broadway production with of course, you know, big dreams to, take on Broadway and beyond. Um, and they originally wanted me to play Stacy Jacks, you know, and then when I first connected with Kristen, our director, Kristen Hange, also Tony nominated uh, for her work on the show. She was like, no, you, you're my Drew, you know, don't take any other jobs because this is, <laughs> this is the gig and I need you and you're going to be the heart of my show. So, um, you know, I just believed her, you know, I had uh, a, big opportunity to go into another uh, Broadway show for a lot of money and, you know, probably more, um, I don't know, just like fanfare at the time, but there was just something about her and her vision and the show. Um, and once I got in that room, they never let me leave. You know, they just kept bringing in Sherry's and chemistry reads with other people. And we just put this great cast together in 2008 uh, for the off-Broadway production. And, it was just magical from day one, really. You know, we just got to create in the room. You know, it was a true collaboration. Um, we didn't have a lot of time. We didn't have the luxury of months and months, you know, of out of town tryouts and whatnot. The show completely changed from Los Angeles and their little Vegas kind of misstep that they did um, back then. Not the Vegas production that came many years later after we had a big hit, but. Um, there was just something about that group, you know, uh, myself, Mitch Jarvis, Adam Danheiser. At the time, Will Swenson was was um, Stacy Jacks, um, but the core of the ensemble was pretty much there as well. And uh, it was just a magical thing. And for sure, uh, the word of mouth spread. Uh, you know, we were moving to Broadway, and uh, we took the place by storm for sure. Nice and. You mentioned the heart of the show, and that is what you are, truly, because I think whenever anyone thinks of Rock of Ages, they remember your phenomenal performance in that. And you've gone on to do 
the first national tour. You had a cameo in the film. And then with the bookends, you got to be the final Drew on Broadway as well, which I think is so, so special. Yeah, and I have a 10-year-old daughter as a result of uh, Rock of Ages and my relationships, uh, you know, on the show. And for sure, it's uh, we've become synonymous. And thank you for saying that uh, with each other. And uh, very proud of my work on the show. And, you know, obviously all the accolades have been cool. Um, but, uh, yeah, and to see other people come on to, to play the, the part has been great. Um, you know, there was something about that original cast, though, and even the cast that we opened um, on Broadway with. And uh, for sure, uh, just, you know, now it's like sometimes you want to shake off that stigma. Like, I'm so proud of my work and being a part of the history and the, the soundtrack is, you know, streamed millions and millions of times a year and uh, to be a part of the movie as well and and whatnot and the tours um, I do so many private rock of ages like events and shows and performances so it's been very good I you know even some of my original material that I, I put out this year um, has been inspired by that sort of era of uh, hard rock and roll and uh, grateful but you know sometimes as an actor you want people to um, you know, see you <laughs> for, for something else as well, you know, not sure. just some rocker, you know, but for sure, uh, um, the show, the show is interesting because it could be really a, a cartoon, you know, and, and that's, that's not what it is, you know, so it's important to keep grounded and with all that crazy comedy around you, um, it's important that you have that grounded story, um, underneath it for sure. Definitely. Yeah. You know, right off of that, I have to say, that's what I love about the show, because it's that perfect mix of mm -hmm. the camp and of uh, the grounded and the heart of it is there. And it still has that, you know, fun, almost cartoony, surreal like thing to it. It's just it's a perfect mix. <laughs> yeah, it really is. I mean, it 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 needs to be recognized as one of the greatest musical comedies. Oh, really yeah. of all oh, yeah. time, you know, because that's what it is. You know, it was a groundbreaking show. You know, no one ever thought we could pull something like that off. The reviews were incredible. The Tony nominations mounting, um, you know, the years of success. And um, and frankly, it was hard to kind of replace me and, and, and the originals. And, you know, if we could have stayed there forever, you know, God knows. But like, you just can't do that. And um, it's not a show like other other big titles have had a lot of success um replacing people and uh but sometimes a show is just almost written for certain actors and um yes it's done all over the world and i'm sure y'all have been part of cool productions and and all of that but it's just uh it's tough you know the new york audiences are very sophisticated and they they know when a show is starting to kind of lose its tarnish a little bit mm -hmm. for sure for sure do you have a favorite scene or moment in the show that really stands out to you when you think back on it well I always loved heaven that whole heaven sequence you know with the dream sherry mm -hmm. um with that great mashup of uh those tunes with the gospel chorus and, yes. and and it's just this wonderful magical moment that no one thought we could pull off and it's just a stationary set. There's really not a whole lot that's happening or, or changing, you know? Mm -hmm. And it's just these actors connecting, you know, that keep kind of missing each other, these two characters, Drew and Sherry, uh, 
sort of like one of those 80s sitcoms um, long before even my time, but a show like Three's Company was a big show in the early 80s. And pretty much the crux of every episode was them kind of getting the wrong idea about mm-hmm. like what is really happening. And so um, even the genius of building that kind of plot point into the into the book and Chris did a great job with the book. Um, and so heaven is awesome. And I love the high enough scene, uh, a scene that I really helped mm-hmm. kind of bring along and, um, just very proud of, um, the work on that. And, you know, it's, it can, it's very funny, but very real and very endearing, but then so very powerful when we sing the song and that big key change, uh, you know, the modulation and all of that. And it, it just is, it's it's angsty and and wonderful so uh and very real it's very heartbreaking too i think i you know i think that's what's so cool about the show you know um yeah the sexy girls and boys and the high notes and cool costumes but you know it definitely grabs you by the heart as well yeah that key change i always like tear up a little bit it just kind of like it hits you it hits you and and they didn't want they were like oh well we're not going to do the bridge uh because no one can sing that and i was like um excuse me (laughs) hello (laughs) and then i was like check this out you know and i was like you know and everyone's like oh my god how how are you going to do that every night like how are you going to do that and it's just rooted in so much, you know, uh, there's so much going on that it just works. And we had great sound designers as well. You know, they just knew um, what to do with a big voice like mine. And, you know, it was just um, a great collaboration across the board. You know, just so many MVPs on this uh, on this project over the years. When you speak about collaboration, you know, you got to do this show like at the beginning, right? So when it mm. came to creating and building Drew, what was that process like? How did you kind of find him? Ah, <sighs> you know, I think really um, a lot of times as an actor, some things start from the outside in. And that's, you know, I did Hedwig and the Angry Inch many years ago uh, when I was uh, in drama school in Boston. And it helped me really have like an acting breakthrough because I got to put this makeup on these wigs, these, these cool costumes. And it helped really sort of just bring this other person out that it wasn't just me on stage, you know, in makeup, it really helped kind of invest in this other, um, this other person. And, uh, create this other person and with drew you know obviously that's constantine on stage the guy with the long hair from american idol but um you know putting on the 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 jewelry the vest every night you know those vans um you know the belts in the right way and the right concert shirt i would pick out you know i i i really had a lot to do with like what he was wearing too and um just like that the choker and all of these things they just kind of help kind of become that guy and um I you know I did some character studies I liked I liked honestly there was a little Wayne's world I don't know if you got are you guys Canadian oh yeah yeah <laughs> okay I thought so well okay my I, you know Mike Myers obviously you know created Wayne's world with um Dana Carvey and 
there was a little of both of them in it like yeah you know um and and a little even there was like a little garth like he's just kind of <laughs> like you know i don't know you know and you know so sometimes we we steal <laughs> from things and he just um you know kind of like just had like his feet kind of would like you know, when like a, a cute girl kind of is like, mm, and she's like, you know, she kind of curls up her foot or something and, or like he kind of did that and it just kind of was the body language. And then when it came time to like bust out, like he was there for that too. Like, cause that was his fantasy. Like, you know, he, and he wasn't, he wasn't a 20 year old or a teenager, you know, the movie kind of got it wrong. Unfortunately, it was a big mm -hmm. swing and miss um, because I think what made him so heartful was that he was like 30 and still like pushing a broom. And we were kind of like, Oh, Drew, you're cute. You're like never going to make it. Uh. But then like, we kind of rooted for him to find love more than like fame, yeah. you know? So that was cool. And I was kind of living that I had had huge success on American Idol and you know, was trying to find all the right projects and a big record deal that kind of fell through, a big television show that fell through. And I had been on Broadway in The Wedding Singer and I had done a big soap opera and I had toured and all of this. But, you know, we were sort of running parallel lives in a way. Like I, you know, and I think I had an underdog essence about me because I did I did not win American Idol, although I had a big like fan base or something. So people were still kind of rooting for you, you know? And this is really when the whole world was watching American Idol. It was like mm -hmm. insanely popular in the 20, 30 million people a night. Well, I mean, it was just obscene, you know? So um, I think that kind of played into finding Drew and building that whole thing. And um, yeah, you know? And, and part of it is, yeah you know f this girl mm -hmm. i want to i want to i want to uh i want to i want to meet i want to meet chicks and i want to i want to make it as a rock star mm -hmm. you know so there there were those levels where it was was it was very real to me so i think that's how i connected on it you know yeah thank definitely. you for sharing don't tell everyone about my Wayne's World thing. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Wayne's World. Yeah, no, and I, it made me so happy to start seeing Wayne's World again on uh, all these commercials. Yes. Uh, yeah. Oh, it's just great, and uh, I would love to do like Wayne's World the musical, but yeah. Oh. So I was kind of like, all right, yeah, yeah. Yeah. He, he he had a little of that, and which they lent from kind of we all lend from each other, but they sort of took like the Spicoli, Jeff Spicoli thing from like Fast Times at Richmond High, which was like, uh, you know, 1980. Um, I mean, I was like literally like four. So, you know, I saw it later on in life too. And, you know, like Jeff Spicoli was like, yeah, he's just like typical surfer. And then, you know, even Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure, right. you know, so it's like a little of that California kind of thing, you know, like, yeah, yeah, anyway. <laughs> yeah. Everything you mentioned about Drew is exactly why he is one of my favorite musical theater characters, so thank you well, for good. that. <laughs> good, thank you. And since you mentioned Idol, I have to say, my mom and I, in passing, will always go like that, so, That's you know. right, call me. <gasps> call. You know, yeah. <laughs> You know, I was an actor. I was an actor. I had graduated Boston Conservatory. I toured in Rent. 
you know, I needed a gig. And so mm -hmm. when I showed up to audition and they had like those cameras on me right away, they're like, who is this guy with his leather jacket, his long hair? You know, I was like thinking I was like in Pearl Jam or something I'm like, what's up? <laughs> and I just really played into it. So it was really like an acting gig for me. Um, I, I love the show and I'm still very close to um, the creators and, and the producers and uh, a great opportunity for me, for sure. But again, like in anything, what are you going to do with this opportunity? You know, how are you going to make it um, something special, something that creates longevity? Mm -hmm. You know, so um, for me, I'm always working on like the slow, slow, long burn, Love it. you know, yeah. rather than kind of blowing up and fading, you know, I'd rather just kind of always keep working and building like a long body of work because that, that's what's most important to me. Mm -hmm. Yep, definitely agree. That's something I learned from my own mentor and I hold that close to me always. So cool. Yeah. And do you have any crazy audience or fan stories that you could share with us? Because the Rockers are one of the best fan bases ever. Yeah, no, for sure. They are. And uh, I mean, we had incredible uh, support on the show. And we really brought a brand new audience to, to Broadway. Yeah. Uh, an audience of um, people that had probably never seen a Broadway show before or never even was, never was interested in seeing a Broadway show. So we had that whole element, um, like straight dads, rockers, waiting for me on the stage, at the stage door, like, dude, I've never seen a musical before. You were freaking awesome. This is the best thing ever. I can't believe my wife took me here. So you had that whole thing. You had um, kids um, that had probably never heard the music ever before, you know, like, hearing it for the first time in love with it, love with the characters, the, the colorfulness, the rawness of it. Um, you had incredible fans that would come basically every single night to the show, every night. And they, you know, it's, it's insane when, when that happens because they come so much, they're kind of like, are you going to, are you going to call out anytime soon? Because I was hoping to see Tony go on as Drew. <laughs> oh and then you're like, what the so that's insane um you're like you see my name up there okay I um <laughs> but yeah and of course you know we were the first show to introduce drinking into the audiences and allowing that to happen so with that comes some crazy stuff there were some fights there was some projectile vomit there were some people dressed like just crazy people trying to walk right up on stage and get a lap dance you know or or go on the stripper pole you know it was that kind there was a lot of that and you know I don't want it to just be remembered for that kind of stuff but there was a lot of that you know there were people um you know talking to you the whole show um you know uh they don't realize you know that's not kind of how it works uh, but you know, seeing the family, seeing the love, seeing, yeah, it was a little raunchy at times, but it was rooted in like something just fun and innocent. So um, seeing the families and seeing the kids grow up over the years, very cool. I love that for sure. And this is our last question for you. Okay, We're sure. both insanely thrilled for the Rock of Ages reunion concert. Can you 
tell us what that process has been like putting that together. What can we expect? Oh gosh, it's going to be insane. It started off as an idea where it was going to be me doing this concert, you know, over the shutdown, flying out there and working with the LA cast, the new LA cast that got shut down before COVID really hit. You know, there was a new immersive company that opened in, in Hollywood. They built an actual bourbon room, which of course is the the, uh, the the club in in the musical. And um, and so at first it was going to be me basically just doing a whole Rock of Ages concert, like all the songs sort of celebrating, you know, using some, you know, kind of key characters and people, um, but not doing the play just doing the tunes then it evolved into this massive like all-star reunion thing which i'm all about because we're basically doing something no one's ever done during this this shutdown we're we're having two massive rock concerts um you know streaming live from different coasts Amazing. You know, we're we're having performances in New York. We're having performances in Hollywood, mm-hmm. California. Um, we have obviously so many of the songs from the show. We have so many great guests that have appeared in the show over the years or have been sort of affiliated with the show. Uh, Tenacious D, you know, the Dan nice. band, Dan Finnerty. We have great people like that. We have Dee Snyder. We have Frankie Grande and some awesome people. We have music that never appeared in the show that meant to appear in the show because we couldn't get the rights. Uh, there was movie in the uh, there was songs in the original movie script that Chris wrote that were supposed to appear in the movie that didn't appear in the movie. I'm performing one of those big songs by uh-huh. Guns and Roses, which uh-huh. never made it into the show. So there's a lot of that. There's going to be some interesting pairings, people that never performed together. Like I'm performing with the Sherry from hollywood i've never met her you know we're gonna meet there and we're gonna do high enough together which is gonna be pretty cool um me and james snyder the original drew in la in the la workshops who's since become a a broadway star and uh known for a lot of cool shows like crybaby crybaby and he was in the harry potter um play um he and i are gonna do something together as a sort of like little like you know, winky wink thing, nice. uh, a song that a song that did not appear in the musical as well. So there's some really cool stuff. April 24th, um, you can go. There's a link right in my Instagram, right in my bio um, for Stellar tickets. You can go there. Stellar is this amazing platform that's going to stream it in like super high definition, multi camera. It's going to sound incredible. Um, Stellar tickets or RockofAgesMusical.com or ConstantineMaroulis.com. So many ways to get the tickets. Uh, a lot of cool packages available for pre-show and post-show parties. And, um, you know, I think it's exactly what we all need right now, for sure. We need, we just need some rock of ages, man. We just need some mid to late 80s, roughly. We need some mullets. We need some Reagan era. And uh, we just need to have a good old fashioned, uh, sexy good time. So um, that's what we're going to do. Um, so definitely make sure you see it, get your ins. And, uh, you know, hopefully this will be the first of many and that will be open um, on Broadway and beyond soon enough. Um, and who knows, maybe I might just be a part of a new company opening and maybe like, hmm, I don't know, Las Vegas. So we'll have to see. 
you'll have to stay tuned. Well, that's very exciting. Thank you so, so much for being here. Truly, it means so much to us. We have been huge fans for thank you as long as I can remember at this point. <laughs> well, thank you. I appreciate it. And, uh, you know, I hope you and your families are well and safe. And I can't wait to get, just get back to, you know, hanging out and performing and being back on stage. And there's some fun stuff. You know, I'm in a couple of cool movies right now. And there's some cool nice. shows coming up that... It's starting to chip away at things and open up again. I can't believe this last 14 or 15 months, but, uh, you know, it's starting to feel like um, normal again, a little bit. So yeah. we'll get there. We'll get there and Broadway will be back bigger and better than ever, but it starts with, you know, great shows like this. So uh, I'll see you April 24th. And thank you for having me girls. Check out thank my new you. album too. Until I'm wanted available everywhere. Amazing. Music is sold and streamed. So I think you'll dig it. Oh, yeah. We're going to link that for sure, for sure, for sure. Okay, we'll link cool. everything up. Yeah. <laughs> Chrissy, Chrissy, Jocelyn, thank you girls so much. Thank, thank you. you so much. We really appreciate it. That was such a fun interview. Constantine is truly one of the kindest people I've ever had the pleasure of meeting. I mean, he has always been so encouraging, even all the way back when I would post covers of myself singing Rock of Ages songs because Sherry is still one of my dream roles. Oh, and I'll also add that he so graciously invited me to see him in Postmodern Jukebox for my 21st birthday a few years back, and it was a really special memory that I will always hold so close to my heart. So yeah, a massive thank you to him for joining us today. You the best. <laughs> you know, I was shaking in my stylish yet affordable boots on this one, guys. I have listened to the original Broadway cast recording of Rock of Ages a million bajillion times. That CD lived in my car for years and years and years. Um, you know, back when people used CDs in their cars. Um, and it's just been something I've always listened to because I didn't get to see Constantine in the show. I saw it in Toronto. Uh, but I've heard his voice a lot anyway. Um, so getting to sit down with him in our Zoom room was really surreal to me. It was totally bananas to have that opportunity to, to chat with him. And I had mentioned to Chrissy, I love when we talk with people who aren't like doing the show that we're talking about right at the moment we're talking to them because, you know, I think it's so sweet when somebody hasn't been with a show for a couple of years or like Constantine over 12 years, Rock of Ages has kind of kept coming back into his life. And it's just, it's so lovely to hear people speak um, with so much love on something that has helped shape them. And I mean, we love talking about things we love. And so I love hearing other people talk about it that makes sense. Absolutely. It it totally makes sense. And I think what I love most about getting to do these interviews is chatting with people who speak so fondly about shows they've been in before. I think that's really sweet. Yeah, it gives it gives me the warm fuzzy. <laughs> well, we do have a few listener questions. So, starting with this one, what is your favorite 80s song? Go for it, Joss. All right. So, I had to Google this one because um, I have a hard time picking favorites, and I listen to 80s music all the time. But in my Googling, you know, there, there are some faves there. You know, there's, I have to say Don't Stop Believing mm -hmm. because that is an anthem. And you can say that I'm basic for listing it as one of my faves, but there's a reason why people love it. I love um, 
Living on a Prayer by Bon Jovi. like to scream that one at karaoke. I really enjoy Pour Some Sugar on Me by Def Leppard. And, um, <laughs> oh, Bruce Springsteen, Dancing in the Dark, was also on one of the lists. And I don't know why I didn't, like, think of that one right away. Um, because I love Brucey. That's my list. Chrissy, I think you have a more formulated answer for the people listening today. <laughs> <laughs> well, my favorite would have to be Jack and Diane from 1981 by John Cougar Mellencamp. It has that catchy electric guitar that everyone recognizes immediately when it comes on the radio. And then you get that gorgeous soft acoustic sound. Not to mention the storyline always makes my cheeks flush. <laughs> I like really hopeful songs, and it has that sense of Americana that Springsteen and Mellencamp capture really well in their songs, says the Canadian girl. (laughs) I also love Talk Dirty to Me from 1985 by Poison, which was even featured during a scene in the Rock of Ages movie. I also love the 1986 hit You Can Call Me Al by Paul Simon. Um, I could go on for days and days. I just love the 80s. And I even had a massive obsession with Madonna when I was a kid. I wanted to be just like her. And I'd bring out my little Walkman and belt out Material Girl and Crazy for You every chance I had for anyone who would listen. Why isn't there a Madonna musical yet, by the way? Just, I want one. Listen. (laughs) That would be a brilliant idea. And speaking of Madonna musical, I have to take up on this. Um, on RuPaul's Drag Race, they do like a rusical episode every season as one of the challenges. And one year recently, they just did like Madonna. And it was like a Madonna rusical episode. And it was like maybe 10 minutes. And it was one. it's one of my favorite musicals. So yes, we need a Madonna musical. ASAP. Let's let's start working on that. Somebody. Yes. Somebody please get on that because (laughs) we need it. Anyway, so Chrissy, what is your favorite song from Rock of Age? Oh, gosh. Well, I can give you my top three. (laughs) (laughs) My top three would be Sister Christian. I love that whole sequence. Um, Heaven, of course. And then The Search is Over. How about you? Yeah. The Search is Over is like my number one fave. Um. And I feel like my answer changes every time you ask me this question. So let's say the search is over, but with an honorable mention to every single mashup in the musical, because there are some great ones. You have the heaven, more than words, to be with you mashup. You've got the just like paradise, nothing but a good time mashup. Heart in my heart and shadows of the night mashup. My God, brilliance. And... I hate myself for loving you with heat of the moment. My favorite. Every single song in that show is brilliant. There's no song that you're like, eh, this isn't great. No, they're all amazing, but the mashups have like, they're just amazing because it's not just one really great song, it's two. But yeah, my top number one is The Search is Over. Unless we're talking about the movie version, in that case, it is Tom Cruise singing Pour Some Sugar on Me by Def Leppard. Um, I really enjoyed that. <laughs> Say what you want about me, but I really enjoyed that. (laughs) Anyway, this episode has been in a slightly different structure than what we usually do on account of our special guest. So, Chrissy, I wanted to take this moment to ask you, what was your first experience with Rock of Ages like? Oh my gosh, I don't even remember. I guess it was around the time when I was really into searching Broadway.com, like, obsessed with going on there and seeing what was new, and... 
I came across Rock of Ages, instantly loved it because, like I mentioned, I love the 80s music. Um, gosh, and you know, I guess that was around the time that Glee first aired. They aired the pilot like a while before season one officially came out. So Don't Stop Believing was really big at the time. And I remember thinking, oh, hey, it's also in Rock of Ages right now, too. That's so cool. What a great song. (laughs) I can't believe you brought up Glee again. Well, it's true. (laughs) But anyways, yeah, I saw the show, um, gosh, going on 10 years ago now, and it was phenomenal. I caught a tour version of it. Um, it was the Broadway version as well, because I later on in life caught the 10th anniversary tour, which was around two years ago, and it was completely different from what I had seen of the show in previous versions, which really surprised me. It was still great. It was still Rock of Ages, but totally different set, totally different feel to it. Again, still great. And you and I were actually going to see the off-Broadway revival production last summer before we had to get like refunded tickets and all that sad listen (laughs) don't get me started i had a front row center ticket to rock of ages at new world stages because i love the audience interaction so i was like i'm sitting in the front row took my little hard-earned saved money and splurged and then the pandemic happened and um you know I'm pretty good with like, okay, theater's closed, like, it is what it is kind of thing. But that one made me really upset. I was like, <laughs> anyway, I'm just wiping my tears here because it actually would have been 10 years, almost 10 years since I had seen the show the first and only time I yeah. saw it and then seeing it again in right. 2020. And you saw the show with my theater teacher's husband yeah. who played Drew at the time, which is so cool. <laughs> So what was your first time like seeing the show? Tell me about your first time. <laughs> okay, well, that actually, there's something, I have a funny story around that line, so we'll get there. Yeah, so Rock of Ages was in Toronto around 2010-2011, uh, so I saw it in late 2010. It was a birthday gift, so my aunt, my aunt and uncle, they would always kind of like give me like an experience for my birthday, so they'd put money towards like a show ticket or something, and I had recently been like, <gasps> musicals, so uh me, my mom, and my aunt went to see Rock of Ages because my mom was like, oh, it's, you know, it's a cute parody on the 80s. What she didn't know was that it was filthy. <laughs> and um, I remember her going about halfway through, like, I'm really glad I didn't bring your brother to this. Because my brother was about three years young. He's about three years younger than me. So, like, I was pretty young for some of that stuff. Anyway, there's this lovely scene where we learn that poor sweet Sherry is very just completely innocent and she talks about uh, Felicia, Felicio and she's like, oh, I need to learn Italian. And everybody was laughing and I didn't get the joke, obviously, because I was like a child. Um, <laughs> and my mom leaned over and she was like, oh, she means a blowjob. I didn't know what that meant either. I was very sheltered. So then at intermission, I had to ask. And so I found out what a blowjob was at Rock of Ages. Um, <laughs> Anyway, if there are any parents listening, check the rating on a show before you take your child. Otherwise, I loved it. I was obsessed. It was 
funny, the lights were bright, the songs were great, the dancing was killer. I was like, I need to be waitress number one when I grow up. So if anybody listening is casting a production of Rock of Ages, I am your waitress number one. It's me. I'm who you're looking for. (laughs) And I loved it so much. I wish I had gotten to see it uh, more than once, but the Canadian cast was like bananas. And the girl who played Sherry, Alicia McKenzie, she was literally just on my TV doing How Do You Solve a Problem Like Maria. So I was like obsessed with her. I was like, yes, I get to see her live. She was on that cool show. It was just, it was an awesome, awesome birthday experience. And then... Uh, you know, I was really excited for the movie to come out because I was like, oh my gosh, that's great. Like, I'll probably never be able to see the show again unless it comes back to Toronto so I can just watch the movie and it'll be just like watching the show. I was wrong. The movie's great as like a standalone, but I think a lot of us, you know, hardcore Rock of Ages fans uh, were disappointed by some of the changes. But, you know, I can be like, you know what? The movie's a totally different thing. I can still enjoy it. Mm-hmm. But like that stage show is something that is just really, really special and beautiful and wonderful. And, you know, I am so thrilled that we're going to get a taste of it at this All-Star Reunion concert. Yeah, which actually, that that is where our podcast episode wraps up, telling you how you can find tickets to this exciting event. We will be doing a fun little crossover on our pages to celebrate, so you're going to want to watch this space. But to get your tickets for the Rock of Ages reunion concert on April 24th at 8 p.m., you can go to Stellar directly or via rockofagesthemusical.com. Yes, as Jocelyn mentioned, we'll be celebrating with our very own alcoholic O'Sherry Cherry Slurpee, which you'll be able to find all of the ingredients for on our pages the week of the event. Yes, and if you make yourself an O'Sherry Cherry, take a photo, put it on your Insta story your Instagram, tag us. We want to see all of the fabulous ways you are celebrating the Rock of Ages reunion concert. I'm pretty sure we'll be getting dressed up for this. I'm just putting that out there now. So yeah, celebrate. And you know, if an alcoholic Slurpee isn't for you, we totally get that. Drink responsibly. But you know, even some water or a pop. Toast with us and let's just rock out. It is what we deserve after this past year and a bit just a night of some great tunes and good vibes as always i'm chrissy you can find me at breakleagblog.com i'm jocelyn you can find me at both sides of the curtain.com and you can find both of us together at breaking the curtain we are also on patreon at breaking the curtain going over there you'll be able to see some exclusive content from our interview with constantine maroulis as well as other exciting announcements before the general public gets them. So check us out on there. And uh, if you haven't gotten your ticket for musicals and mimosas yet, the link is in our bio. We'd love to see you there. And I apologize if you heard any grunting or groaning in the background of this podcast. It was not Tom Cruise in the Rock of Ages film. It was, in fact, my dog, Eleanor. Say goodbye. (laughs) Rock on, babies. Keep it stagey and don't stop believing.